Hello and welcome back to the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit. My name is Luke and today we'll be listening to the Olympian and advocate of transgender rights, Caitlyn Jenner. In 2017, Caitlyn Jenner took to center stage at Web Summit to ask the controversial question, who defines gender? While managing to give an insightful and eye-opening personal response to this question, Caitlyn also discussed topics such as why she isn't the spokesperson for the trans community and her four rules for life, gamble, lie, cheat and steal. Thank you very much. What a pleasure to be here. Um, my first trip to Lisbon, very excited to be here. But in having the opportunity to speak with you, for me, is just an amazing process. Because for me, I actually started in the speaking business about 40 years ago. And for so many years, I would go out to corporations talk about motivation, talk about overcoming the obstacles in life, and talking about the games. I would stand up there on stage and tell my story year after year after year. And down deep inside, I was feeling like I cheated the audience. Because underneath my suit and my nice masculine-looking outfit, I had a bra on, some panties on, maybe pantyhose, and they couldn't see it. And I would stand up there and look out over the audience and saying, you don't even know me. I don't want to be defined by 48 hours in my life in 1976. There's so much more to me than just that. And I would walk off the stage, and I felt like a fraud, because I couldn't tell them the whole story. I'd go up to my room, I would cross-dress, and then go out and walk around the hotel as my authentic self, and never getting caught. It's kind of what my life was like. Until finally, in my life, it was time for me to be able to be my authentic self. So, in complete honesty, finally, I can get out in front of an audience and actually, underneath this, I have my bra and panties on, okay? And no more secrets, because that's the only way to go through life. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a question. And I'm going to ask it to the ladies in the room, but the men can also answer the question themselves. And I'm going to ask you a very simple question to the ladies in the room. And it's a question you've probably never been asked before in your life. And it's so simple. And I want you to take a second just to reach down into your soul and think about it. And that simple little question is this. When did you know you were a girl? Now, as I look around the audience to the ladies, you can tell them probably, wait a second, they're, all of a sudden they kind of sit back their expression changes a little bit, and they go into deep thought. Oh my God, when did I know I was a girl? And for what we call cis women, it's kind of taken for granted. But for a person who's trans, that thought goes through their head 24 hours a day, 365 days out of the year. You can't take two aspirin to get plenty of sleep, wake up the next morning, and all those thoughts are out of your head. It's all in how am I going to deal with it in my life? 
Because when you're thinking about who you are as a person, it's about what's between your ears and what's in your soul. Trans issues are not sexual issues at all. It has nothing to do with sexuality. It has everything to do with identity. Now, I always try to figure out why are people trans? Why are you trans? And I just really can't even come up with the answer besides this. I ask people, are you right-handed or left-handed? Now, most people say they're right-handed. Well, you know what, I'm left-handed. Why am I left-handed? I have no idea. Why are you right-handed? We have no idea. But what if society, for me, being left-handed, because you know, when I was in high school and stuff and growing up, they had the seats in the, in, the, uh, in the classroom where the arms came up like this so you could write with your right hand. Well, to be left-handed, you're way over here and you're writing this way. But what if the society said that all the seats are made for right-handed people, so you have to learn to write with your right hand? And so as a young person, I struggle. The letters are not quite as clear. The penmanship is not quite as good, and the words just don't flow out of my head because it's just not comfortable to do it this way. Finally, you get to some point in life, and you say, wait a second, I don't care about society. I don't care what everybody else is saying. I'm left-handed, and all of a sudden, you start writing with your left hand, and the penmanship is better. The words flow out of your head better because that's who you are. That's the best way for me to try, to try to explain what being trans is. My journey was a long journey. I struggled through the 80s. I had six years of my life where I basically isolated myself in my house. I was not a good parent. I had four children at the time. I was not a good parent. I was not a good person. I just struggled. I was on hormones. I was going to therapy every week. I was getting my electrolysis done, doing everything I could possibly do to make me feel better about myself. Because you know what? I was going to transition before the age of 40. Why? Because I don't want to be an old chick someday doing this. Then I found out, you know what? Old chicks are pretty cool. But anyway, that's, that's a whole nother story. And then I got to 39 in 1989 and just couldn't go any further. I said, I, I just can't do this. It, for me, it wasn't time. Time for myself, time within society. The trans issues back in the 80s were very different. And so I decided I'd better get back into life. And it went, lo and behold, about five and a half months later, I met this wonderful lady. I was very honest with her about my conditions. And obviously, not thinking that ever would I ever have the opportunity to, trans or to transition, so I got to get back into life. Picked up four more children, plus my four. And for the next 23 years, I dove into raising children. And I have to say, I did a good job very proud of my children. But again, my issues never really go away. Finally, when Chris and I separated and we went our separate direction, I go back out to Malibu where I had sat in the 80s for six years in my house. And I thought to myself, am I just going to rot out here and not do anything? Is this is what my, how my life is going to end? Am I going to isolate myself? At the time, I had the paparazzis following me everywhere I went. I'd have four or five cars following me, taking pictures everywhere. The rags are taking pictures of me and putting my 
my face on the head of some woman and making all sorts of stories up, and it was going rampant. And I never talked once to anybody. My life was hell. Got back into therapy and decided, you know what, I have to do something about this, but how do I do it? First thing I had to do, talk to all my loved ones and my family. Now, they all knew, of course, they're going through the line in the grocery store, and there's their father's head on top of some woman's body, and, you know, the stories are rampant, and they all knew, but it was the, the one thing in the family we never talked about. And, of course, a couple times I got caught, but nobody ever talked about it. So I said, the first thing I have to do, because when you go through something like this, it's not just about you transitioning or you making uh, a change in your life so drastic as this, but it's also the entire family needs to go through it also. You have to work together on these issues. So I started one at a time. And of course, I started with my son, Brandon. Now, my son, Brandon, we're extraordinarily close. He knew everything. In fact, his mother had told him years earlier, but he never talked to me about it. And Brandon is my musician. He writes music. I call him my little Gandhi in the family. Open mind, just a wonderful human being. Of course, I'm going to start there. So I sit Brandon down, and I said, you know what? And his wife, Leah, and I said, I know what. It's time. You know, everybody knows what's going on, but nobody talks about it. We need to talk about this issue. And for the next Two hours we sat there and talked about all the things I had gone through, all the things he had gone through, what the possibility may be. And then at the end, he said the nicest thing he could possibly say. He said, Dad, you know what? I have always been so proud of you to be my father. He said, if I go to the airport and I hand them my driver's license, and they go, oh, see, Brandon Jenner. Is Bruce Jenner your father? And I would always say, of course. You know, I would say, oh, my gosh, we love Bruce. He comes through all the time and this and that. And he goes, always just so proud to be your son. He said, but I have to say, I've never been more proud of you than I am right now. And that was such a moment for me. I knew that I would make it through all the issues I had to deal with with my family. And so I started going through each one of them. I didn't want to bring them all in at the same time because I was afraid they may gang up on me. So I thought, I'm going to do this one at a time. So slowly, I got all kids in there. I'm a person of faith. And the last person I had to talk to was my pastor. I would always sit in church. And I would listen to the pastor speak, and I wouldn't even be listening to what he had to say. Why? Because in my head, anybody who's dealing with challenges in their life, and if they have any faith whatsoever in their soul, they kind of ask God, why me? Why is this issue in my head? Is there a reason for this? Am I doing a good job? All these things go through your head. And so finally, I went to my pastor, and I called him up. And he kind of knew what was going on because of the tabloids and everything. I brought him in, and we sat down for three hours. And we talked about my life. We talked about faith. We talked about God. And that night, I jumped into bed, and I'm laying there. And it was kind of the final hurdle I had to get over. And I thought, you know what? Maybe God had a reason for this. Maybe at this time and at this place in my life, 
it was time for me, number one, you can't do this if you, if you don't know in your heart that it's the right thing to do. And I knew it was. And that evening, it really gave me a lot of faith to know that it, I was not only going to transition and live my life authentically, but in doing that, I can add my name to the conversation that's going around on this issue. We had great people going ahead of me. You know, you can go all the way back to Christine Jorgensen back in the 60s. Uh, Renee Richards came out in the 70s, and they were very marginalized by the media. But since then, this issue has come forward, and we had actresses like Laverne Cox or Janet Mock or Gina Rosaro with these others who had been brave enough to come out and do it in the public eye to try to make a difference. I want to add my name to that conversation. Now, I am not the spokesperson for the trans community. I've been called that and everything. I am not that, okay? I am only a spokesperson for my story because every journey in this community is different. Over the last two and a half years, I have met some of the most interesting people in the world, in my community, people that have had tremendous struggles in their life just dealing with themselves and about who they are and have somehow fought through all of that to live their life authentically. And when finally they get all that behind them, they thrive as a human being. Over the last couple of years, it has been just such an amazing part of my life. There's nothing like waking up in the morning, looking in the mirror, and just going out and being yourself. That's a wonderful feeling. In our community, we also have tremendous issues. I have been accused by the community that, oh boy, you know, white privilege, I have a job, all that stuff. And they're, you know what, they're absolutely right. My experience for the last two and a half years has been different, I get that. But what I've tried to do through that is, is I have a platform and maybe I can use that platform to make a difference. My platform is different than about 99% of the other trans women that are out there, but that's good. And I want all of them to use their platform to make a difference. In the United States, a trans woman of color is murdered once every two weeks. Homelessness rate is out of control. Suicide rate for trans youth, 41% of trans people, trans people before the age of 21 attempt suicide. The suicide rate is nine times higher than the general public. We have tremendous problems with funding, with homelessness, with the sex work industry, with AIDS. But you know, in the old days when I used to give my speech about making decisions and attitudes and all that kind of stuff, I always ended my speech with my four words, keys to success. I got four words that I break it down to my keys to success. And I thought to myself as I was coming out here, I said, you know what, do those four words still work today with my message today? And I thought, you know what, I think they really do. So I would like to share them with you. My four words, keys to success. Gamble, cheat, 
lie and steal. Okay, let me explain. Gamble. Gamble your best shot in life. Dare to take risks. Life has got to be a great adventure, and it is. Cheat. Cheat those who would have you be less than you are. Surround yourself with positive people, uplifting people, people who want to see you do well. Turn around and help them, and you're truly a champion. Lie. Lie in the arms of those that you love. Hey, when it comes right down to it, that's all we've got is one another. Never take the love that you give or the love that you receive for granted. And finally, steal. Steal every moment of happiness. Live every day as if it was your last, because we never know when that day is going to come. Gamble, cheat, lie, and steal. I love it. I want to thank you for the opportunity I've had to come here in this short amount of time to spend some time with you to tell you a little bit about my story, a little bit about our community. And I just love so many people in our community. Instead, when you see somebody who's trans or know somebody who's trans, I guarantee you there's a lot of people who are trans you have no idea, okay? They're very, they, they have blended into society. But instead of running away and not being able to say, oh my God, they're trans, look out, you know, what do I say, what do I do, I'm so uncomfortable. Run over there, give them a big hug, tell them I love you, and, and just move on and treat them like just wonderful human beings that they are. So thank you for the opportunity to coming here today. I certainly had, it, I had so much fun having a chance to talk to you. Let's make it a wonderful day. Thank you very much.